God's house this morning. Say amen. amen. Praise the Lord. It's good seeing each one of you this morning. And this is the day that we celebrate not the S-U-N, but the S-O-N has arose. Amen. amen. Hallelujah. Give God the glory. For it's by the resurrection of Jesus Christ that we have the freedom to be able to proclaim his name in the highways and the byways and everywhere that God has placed us. No matter what may transpire, no matter how badly the lockdown or whatever may ever become, and you may feel as though that you are all alone and isolated, my God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You are never alone if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Amen? Amen. Praise God. That's what the resurrection is about. He defeated death, hell, and the grave. Then there is no government, land, or people that can ever put him back in there. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So it's good seeing you this morning. I praise God for each one of you. And what, there's no better way to start a service than to do so asking God's anointing to come down and be amongst it. Amen. So if you would, go with me to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I do come before you right now, and I thank you for these folks who have chosen to gather, Lord God, and I thank you that for those that are watching by live stream or listening on 88.9, Lord, 89.9, Lord, wherever they may be, whomever's in the sound of my voice, may they know that they know that they know that you are God. It's not about us. It's not about this church. It's all about you. So I pray, Lord, that you will touch them, those that are 
could not be here for whatever reason. May they feel your presence in their homes or in their, their rooms, wherever they may be. Father, I just pray that your anointing will pour out upon every heart that's here today. Every heart that's watching, Lord God. In the, first, in the sunrise service, Lord, I, there was people in Poland and Spain and Brazil and in, in all these different countries, Lord. I thank you, God, that you're not just a God here in Texas. You're a God over the entire creation. Lord of lords, king of kings. So, Father, I just pray your anointing to be on this service this morning. Pour out upon us your grace, your mercy. And when we leave here today, may we say it's been great to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Now, as we have been doing the last few weeks, uh, though you wouldn't know that by what the news was saying this last week, um, we're not going to do our walk around this morning. I'd like you to do the little parade wave. Just kind of reach around and tell everybody hi this morning. Amen. You can grab a seat this morning. There's just a few announcements that we want to put forth. We are, putting, uh, we are adhering to the CDC guidelines. If you notice that every other aisle has been blocked, that's to help with the six-foot rule. I wanna, I'm not going to split up the family units. I did talk to the judge, and the judge is... County judge is perfectly fine with family units staying together. After all, you rode in the same car to get here. Um, so things of that nature. But we are going to try to keep a little bit of distance there. There are masks that have been donated at the front. If you would like to have one of these masks that you would like to wear as well. Um, and in a little bit, we're going to be doing something rather unique to me. We, well, the Lord's Supper is not unique, but the way we're doing it. I, I never seen these little cups with the little wafer on them before. But this is what's been handed out. We'll get to this later. But if you did not receive one of these and you want to partake of the Lord's Supper later, will you please make sure to hold your hand up so we can make sure you get one of those? Great. Okay. So we'll be looking at that in just a little while. But again, we are trying to adhere to the CDC guidelines that have been put forth. And I do want to give a shout out. If you did not know, there has been a lot of... um, angst and animosities towards the church that for, for being here, uh, for opening its doors and for having service. But I want to do this. Our, as I said, I went and got with our county judge here in Wilson County who had a lot of people uh, petitioning his office and things. And his words was, Frank, I'll do, this is my job. I will run interference and do what needs to be done. You do what you need to do in the church and I'll do what I need to do in the county. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So we're just going to let God be God. Amen? Amen. So as I mentioned earlier, 88, it's 89.9 is the broadcast station. Oh my goodness. 88.9. Is is that what we put on the website, I hope? She put what I told her. That could be scary. (laughs) 88.9. So you can listen to that in in your cars or or we're broadcasting 88.9 FM. We also are live streaming, but praise God for you guys that are here as well. And, there is, and we just welcome all those who are watching from afar. And let's continue to keep them in our prayers also. Um, I, I, did, I talked about the mast. Um, minimal. I think that that's all the announcements that I think I'm going to present today. There are, uh, oh, I do have one more. The, as you know, on th- or if you didn't know, on Thursday nights, David's been live streaming his Bible studies to you guys. And, and uh, praise God for many of you who have been able to watch that. Since we don't know how long this is actually going to transpire, I've decided we're going to go ahead and do our Sunday evenings. Not tonight, because it's Easter, but starting next week, we'll get back into our book of Ezekiel, and I'll start live streaming those. Amen. I am sitting there when David does his every Thursday night, and I'll tell you, I am not the TV personality that he is. I like speaking to people rather than a telephone. However, we will make sure it gets done. Amen. Okay. All right. I think that's enough announcements. Brother Daryl, you got our scripture reading this morning? (laughs) Let me pray with you, brother. Father God, I lift up my brother to you right now. I just ask in the name of Jesus that you just, just hold him in your hand and may we hear you through him as he opens your word to share with us. God, just bless his family, bless his willingness to come and share and God I again just want to give you praise honor and glory for all things that you're going to do through my brother right now for us in Jesus name amen Amen. 
Thank you. Good morning. Good day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. All right. I'm going to be uh, reading out of Romans 6, 8 to 11 this morning. So today is the day of the resurrection. Today, uh, our Lord rose from the grave and went to sit at the right hand of the Father, his Father, our Father. But uh, the day of the resurrection, I'm going to take you back a couple of days to the day of the death. Because that's the day of the death to me is the... Uh, uh, it's the day that made us all be able to live like we're living right now as Christians. And uh, so, all right. Romans 6, 8 through 11. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Jesus Christ. Now, if we did with Christ, we believe. If we died with Christ... We believe we also live with with him, for we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has a mastery over him. Uh, I forgot where I was going next with that, but so well, look at it. It says to die of your sin. That's a choice that we have to make daily: to die, to live. So we got a choice. You can either wake up in the morning and you can just live to die. Or you wake up in the morning and make a conscience thought, prayer, to die, to live for the Lord every day. That's what we have to do every day. So, all right. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, help us to live in the gladness and grace of Easter Sunday every day. Let us have hearts of thankfulness. For your sacrifice. Amen. And it is. Everybody gets back. We know who the, the loud mouth, the noisemakers were. Yeah. <laughs> I'll also note that even though it's a little quieter in the, uh, in the downtimes, you guys are really singing very loud this morning. It's, it's nice to, to hear it coming back out. Uh, well, let's continue to sing this morning. We've got a couple more songs. It's another one that we did earlier this morning.
Oh, you were there. Okay. Oh, okay. Amen. Praise the Lord, guys. It's been a great day. If you was not able to be here for the sunrise service this morning, we had an incredible opportunity there. We sang a lot of songs. We had a, a message and songs presented in Spanish. We had uh, Raisa's uh, presenting her spiritual dance for us. There was there was so there were so many venues and avenues for God to pour out His grace this morning and. And, and it's just been an in, incredible day already. And, and the main thing I want to make sure that we acknowledge on this day isn't that we had church. I pray that that's not what's remembered about today. What we need to remember is this is a day that we celebrate the real gift that was given to us. And that is the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? That's what this day is about this morning. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians this morning. I'm, I'm not going to keep us real long this Easter morning. As I said, we've had, we had some services already today and, and been a great message presented. However, I do want to make sure before we partake of the Lord's Supper, we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper as it was leading in to that, that resurrection day. That new life, as, as my brother pointed out with his scripture reading, and then the, the very next song we sing is exactly what the scripture reading was. And that is that we have to remember that my God, your God, our God, gave his all, his death and his body for a full opportunity to go down and defeat death, hell, and the grave and resurrect again so that when he made promises, we can then therefore know they're going to be kept. Amen? This morning, as you know, many times we get, we have a lot of great messages and a lot of great times and, and songs and festivities around Christmas. And Christmas is important, guys. I don't ever want to take away from the gift. We call it the gift given on to man at Christmas time. 
And it is wonderful that Christ came down into this world. He gave up glory to come down and take on the, the, the shape of a man, to become man for you and I. And then he lived 33 and a half years there without sin. And that's an incredible feat in and of itself. But guys, as I've said every Christmas, Christmas would not mean anything if we did not have the resurrection of our Lord and Savior. You see, there have been many who have been born who claim to be deity. There are many who have been born to claim to be some kind of God or God-like substance. But there's only one who defeated death, hell, and the grave like he said he would, rose again, and then come to speak for you and I. Amen? That's what makes Christ different. That's the truly greatest gift ever given to man was that he chose to carry out the plan of his heavenly father all the way through so that you and I can have an opportunity, so that you and I can have that interaction and that communication again with our heavenly father. As wonderful as Christmas is, it would be nothing without Easter, but praise God, we have Easter. We have our Lord and Savior. We have and can celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior. That's why we sing about he arose. He arose and, we, and death's been arrested. Death no longer has a sting for you and I. For those that know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, Paul says, death, where is your sting? For the wages of sin was death, but my sin has been paid for through the victorious blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. And that's why we celebrate the resurrection. That's the defeat of death, hell, and the grave. The one thing that we should have to fear. Once we have that, we don't, we don't need to fear. Why? Because as we just sang, we are free from that. We are free from the fear because we have been given victory through the blood of Jesus Christ. We have eternal life. Because of like Brother Ray shared this morning in the early service of what happened on the hill of Calvary 2,000 plus years ago. When Christ chose to die on that cross to fulfill the, the scriptures as they had been prophesied. When he chose to carry out the prophecies. When he chose to do exactly what his heavenly father told him to do. And guys, I don't ever want us to forget that that was a choice. If you remember, even in the Garden of Gethsemane. Gethsemane he got down on his knees and said, Father, if there's any other way, but yet, not my will, thine be done. He chose right then and there, I will do what you've called me to do. And for that, we have been given life through the blood and the victory of Jesus Christ. And that's what we're going to celebrate this morning by partaking of the Lord's Supper. But I want us to talk a little bit about the Lord's Supper this morning. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 11... Starting in verse 27, there's something I want us to make sure we focus on. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy way will be guilty of sin against the body and blood of the Lord. So a man should examine himself. In this way, he should eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For whoever eats and drinks without recognizing the body eats and drinks judgment upon themselves. This is why many are sick and ill amongst you and many have fallen asleep. If we were properly evaluating ourselves... We would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are disciplined by the Lord so that we may not be condemned with the world. Therefore, my brothers, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. If anyone is hungry, you should eat at home so that you can come together and not cause judgment. And I will give instructions about the other matters whenever I come. Our text this morning tells us that we need to stop. And before we partake of the Lord's Supper, we need to take a moment and examine ourselves. Now the question that comes to mind is what is it that I should be examining? How do I examine myself? What is it that God, that God is trying to say to me through Paul here? How do I examine myself about the Lord's Supper? What should I do here? Now I know that in this time period right now probably no one wants to go to the doctor. With the COVID scare and everything that's going on right now that's probably the last place you want to go is where that stuff, where the cooties may be getting all around and everything. You know, it can, it can be a scary place. Just the, uh, just the other day, I was at the, the VA hospital. I was in the polytrauma, and I had to clear my throat. And I thought, man, that's going to sound like a cough. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh, I'm not doing that in here. And sure enough, I told the technician about it. I was kind of joking. You know, I was able to clear my throat quietly and looked around me. And, he, and I said, yeah, you know, I was scared what would happen. He said, oh, we would have jumped you in bio suits, and you'd been like Monsters, Inc. before you got out of here. <laughs> And I looked at him and he said, I was just kidding, bro. You know, 
But you don't know right now. You know, it's scary to go to, to be examined, if you will. But even before COVID-19, I didn't, I don't, I, I'm not one to particularly like going to the doctor's offices. You know, my brother comes up with a little thing I will go and it's, it kind of scares you. But whether it's a doctor's exam or whatever it may be, we know what exams are. We know how they work. Some exams are to find out what's going on. Some are for preventative maintenance. So we, we get exams all the time. We, in school, we have exams. We, we have examinations. So we know that exams are important. So when he tells us to examine ourselves, when he tells us to look at who you are, that's important. He's telling us to make sure that we are in the right and proper place. As we celebrate the resurrection, this is a big deal. This isn't just a holiday. This is not just a de- another day in a Christian man- mantra of religiosity. This is a day that we truly celebrate that he defeated death, hell, and the grave. And he told us, this is what I want you to do in remembrance of me. That means it should be special. It shouldn't be religious. It shouldn't shouldn't be just an agenda item. It should not be ritualistic. And if I'm going to do this and really mean it with my heart, then I need to understand, Paul says, examine yourself. So what is Paul talking about when he says examine yourself? Well, the first thing I think of uh, whenever I get to a word that... I wonder what's going on. What, what does this word really mean? I look it up. What are the definitions? When I translate it into English from Greek, what is the, the, this new English word? What are the words that can go along with that? Well, when you look up examination, it means to observe or inspect or to test by questions. And I thought, you know, that, that's exactly what God would be telling us to do. I am to observe. I am to inspect. I am to test myself. So the first thing that I would think of, if I'm going to make sure that I'm ready for the Lord's Supper, is I'm going to observe something. What is it I should observe? What am I observing when I think about the Lord's Supper? Folks, the, the message this morning that my brother brought, both, both the brothers brought, the songs brought, uh, even, even brother uh, uh, Daryl a while ago brought with scripture reading, they mentioned something that we need to focus on, and that is we need to observe, we need to focus and understand that Jesus Christ came and he died. We need to see the death of Jesus Christ. That's something we should observe. He didn't just say that I'll do these things. He came and gave his all. He done everything he could for mankind. We should, when we come to the Lord's table, when we partake of the Lord's supper, when we come and we are celebrating the resurrection day with such a thing, we need to stop and remember exactly the sacrifice that Jesus Christ not only willingly did, but carried out. He did it for us unselfishly. He, he, he did it completely, and he did it totally for the atonement of your and my sins. Now, that may not resonate real well, but when you stop and think about all the sin in your life, but yet he still did it. You know what it says in Romans 5, 8? It says, while we were still yet sinners... He chose to do these things. In other words, it, it's kind of easy to, to love the lovable, but it's hard to love the unlovable sometimes. Amen? But yet here Jesus is looking at what we are going to do and what we have done. Even while he's hanging on the cross, he looks out upon the people and says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He knew all the sin that would be piled upon him, something he had never had to be a part of. But he knew that as bad as sinners as we were, he still chose to die to be the atonement for you and I. Because it says there is no remission of sin without the shedding of blood. Now, there was only one sacrificial lamb. There was only one human being that had blood that was worthy of a sacrifice for all. And he knew that it was his. And he got down on his knees and, Father, is there any other way? No, this is it. Okay, I choose to do this for all mankind Without exception, though I know how bad they are, I choose to do this anyway. Hallelujah is right. When we observe the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we should be observing the fact that he chose, he looked out upon us and found us worthy in his eyes. Brother Ray shared a great story this morning. I'm not going to go into that right now. But but many would have looked upon us and said, they're not worthy of any kind of sacrifice, much less your life. But Jesus said, no. This is the only way to build back that, that, that relationship. 
This is the only way that the remission of sin can be paid for. And he said, I choose to give my life for them. Now, guys, you and I, I'm sure we would, we would give our lives for others. Every person that has put on a uniform and has gone and fought overseas and has given their life, they did so so that you and I could reap the benefits of the freedoms that they enshrined for us. They chose to give their life so that we as Americans could continue to have freedom. They gave their life for us. I would choose to and, and lay down my life for my wife, my kids, my family in a heartbeat. I would lay down my life for at least most of y'all. Maybe not all, but most. No, I'm just kidding. We would intercede for one another. There are times there are people you might have a list in your mind. Eh, maybe that one. Yeah, that one. I don't know. But Jesus looked out and said, I got them all. When we come to the Lord's Supper, we are to observe that my Lord didn't pick and choose. He didn't say it's that bank account or that lack of bank account. He didn't say it's that color skin or that color skin. He didn't say it's that education level or that education level. He didn't say it was man or woman, Jew nor Greek. He didn't say it was any of those things. I say that whomsoever believeth in me shall not perish but have everlasting life. When Jesus died on that cross, we should be observing the fact that he did so for you and I and he rose up again so that we might have life. Hallelujah. And not just any life, but we have eternal life. Eternal life through Jesus Christ because of that sacrifice. That's why when we come to the Lord's table, it should never be ritualistic. When we come to the Lord's table, we are doing so remembering and observing what God did for us. Turn over a couple of pages to to chapter 15. In chapter 15, verse 12. I think that's it. Yes. 15, verse 12. Now, if Christ is preached as raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is without foundation, and so is your faith. Folks, what is Paul saying there that I'm trying to say now? Not only do we observe that he died that day, but if we stop there, we have have fallen short. For there are many who have claimed deity who died. What makes our faith be strong, what builds the foundation of who we are, is that we also observe that he arose. We observe that he died, and when they went back to that tomb and the stone was rolled away, the towel was folded up nice and neat, and the angels were sitting there, and why are you looking for him, the living amongst the dead? For he has gone just as he said he would go. He is alive. Folks, when we take of the Lord's Supper, it's not a ritualistic thing. It is to remember the death and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And along with that, I would say that we need to also observe that he is coming again. Look at verse 26 one more time. It goes back to, it says, For as often as you eat of this bread and drink of the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death, what? Until he comes again. Praise God. You see, folks, when we partake of the Lord's Supper, we're remembering the death and burial, the resurrection, and praise God, he's coming again one day. And he's coming again for you and I. He's coming again so that we can stand in his presence, praise God. He is coming again so that we know that we know that as he said everything was going to happen, it's going to happen. He rose from the dead and he's telling us, if I can defeat death, hell, and the grave as you see I have done, then when I go to prepare a place for you and I'm going to come back and call you unto myself, you can believe that as well. Just as it was prophesied, it happened. And folks, I would share with you this morning... When we look around us today, I see a lot of the signs that are going on. 
Now, when I say that, there's been people forever saying, oh, the Lord's imminent return is right here and now and near. Remember when Matthew talked about the, the, the earthquakes and the, sto- the wars and rumors of wars and storms and, and plagues and all the stuff. He didn't say that was the return of Christ. He said it was the birthing pains of Christ. Folks, I think we can look around us at what's transpiring in the world today. And scientists are stumbling all over themselves trying to explain this, explain that, and explain this. We have the explanation, and the explanation is we are in the birthing pains of the whole of, of Jesus Christ coming again and not only are we in them all you ladies can testify when they start getting closer and closer and closer it's time I remember when my fourth child was born I, I, I went out there and I said we just got there and I told the nurse I, I said she thinks it might be time and that nurse asked me well how many kids has she had this is her fourth one boy they ran over me she knows and it was true it was time we know Because it's time. We see the birthing pains around us. And when we observe the things around us, when we observe at the Lord's Supper what he has done for us, we should not stop at the death, burial, and even at the resurrection. We should be looking for him as he said he would do in John chapter 14, verse 2. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you so. I go to prepare for you a place. Hallelujah. So that when I come again, I will be with you always. I'll draw you unto myself and I will be with you always. Hallelujah. So I may be there also. This morning, as I talk about an examination, as I'm saying that we are to observe these things around us, we are living in a time in America where there's a hypersensitivity, if you will, to death. People are incredibly afraid of death around us. Folks, let me remind you this morning. Death is a natural part of life. You can't have life without death. All living creatures one day are going to die. It's absolutely inevitable, whether it be by accident, whether it be by a virus, whether we are just plain wore out, whatever it may be. But folks, I'm sharing with you this morning that when we partake of the Lord's Supper, we are reminded that death no longer has its hold. Now, I'm not saying we should go out and be cavalier and act silly and, and ride, your, ride wheelies on your motorcycle at 100 mile an hour down the freeway and things of that nature. Don't tempt the Lord thy God. But we can walk with wisdom and with joy in our hearts and be looking up rather than down. We can be looking out rather than in. We can be going and sharing the gospel instead of keeping it to ourselves because death no longer has the hold. And as Paul said, I have victory through the bread and and wine of Christ. In other words, through the body and the blood of Jesus Christ, we should be living as Christians. We should be out living victoriously into the world. We should be telling others about Christ. And when they say, well, look at the news and look at everything that's going on around us. Yeah, I see all that. But I also see a blue sky and the birds are flying. I see an eternity standing in the presence of my Lord and Savior. I see songs and I hear bells and I know that I know that I know that death is not an ending point for me. It might be a little comma in my, in my progression, but it's not a period. And I'm going to continue to live. Because I can rest assured that as I observe what God has told us that he is going to do, then I know there is a return that's coming. The return of my Lord and Savior. And if he can defeat death, hell, and the grave, then I can, be rest, I can rest assured he can return and bring me back into his eternal glory. Amen? Hallelujah! When we partake of the Lord's Supper, that's the things that, we should, be going through our, that should be going through our minds. Not just, oh, this is something we have to do once in a while. No. This is something that, praise God. When he said, do this in remembrance of me, he was saying it not just because, you know, I just like you to think about me every now and then. He was saying it for you and me. I want you to do this and remember it so you will not forget and start living and cowering and, and in darkness and sticking your head in the sand. You do this in remembrance of me and you will remember I have victory over death. I have victory over your illness. I have victory over the pains of this life. I have given you victory and you have eternal glory in me. I don't need you to remember me for my ego. I need you to remember it to build your own ego. And I want you to know who you are in me. That's the point of the Lord's Supper. That's what we observe 
and we continue to observe. And he also says to inspect. Now, when you think about the word inspect, you're looking to make sure everything in its proper place. You're, you know, when you take your car to get inspected, they should be checking it for, for everything that keeps it safe. If you're ever in the military, Gunny didn't make it back to this service, did he? He could attest for this, being a Gunny in the Marine Corps. When you're in inspection, you're looking to be made sure, you're making sure all attention to detail has been made known. That you are squared away and done to the point that you know that you are a, a, a unit that can do what it's been called upon to do when called upon to do it. That's the whole point of inspections, to make sure you're where you are supposed to be. So when you look at the scripture and you start saying, well, how do I inspect myself? How do I know where I'm supposed to be? What, what does it mean to inspect myself for the Lord's Supper? Before we partake of communion, we need to spend a little bit of time with an inspection. In other words, we should be going to the Lord. We should, that's one of the reasons why I put this out on Facebook last Sunday and on Facebook all week so we would have it in our minds. I need to be going to the Lord and saying, Lord, I want to confess all my sins unto you. I want to come to you, not, not perfectly clean, because I can't do that on my own, but I want to come to you as clean as I can, Lord. Show me the, 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 the deficiencies in my heart, Lord. Show me where I fall short of your glory. Lord, here I am. I, I, I want to just stand before you and be cleansed by you. We want to come into the Lord's presence as clean as we can. And praise God in 1 John 1, 9, what did he say? He said, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and true to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I don't have to go do 10 of these and five of those and dig a ditch. All I got to do is say, Father, and mean it with my heart. I'm not just saying with your mouth, but mean it with your heart and say, Father, here I am. I just want you to, to cleanse me and make me whole. And Webster said we, we should also test things and examine things by asking questions. What are the questions? What kind of questions? You know, I, I get the observing. I'm going to observe what God has done for me. I'm, go, I'm going to inspect my life and make sure my sins have been professed before the Lord. But when the Bible says here to, to not drink your cup in an unworthy manner, what, what does that mean? How do I question myself so I'm not in an unworthy manner? The first and most important question that needs to be asked is, do I know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior? That's first and foremost. That's no more than Welch's grape juice and a nasty tasting cracker if you don't know Jesus. But if you know Jesus, you know what it represents. If you know Jesus, then you know that as you take of that wafer... This represents the body that was broken for my sin. And you know, if you know Jesus, that when you drink of the juice, that this represents the blood that was spilt for atonement of my sin. For there was no other one that could shed his blood but Jesus Christ. And when I drink this juice, it's reminding me of just what and who he is. Folks, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it's just a ritual. I don't care if you've been in church your whole life. I don't care if you tell me I've had 5,000 communal services. Okay. Did any of them mean anything more than just walking an aisle and getting a cookie? Folks, number one thing you have to ask yourself is do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Now, if you're here this morning and you don't, praise God, there's many here that would help lead you in that prayer. If you're watching by live, the Facebook Live, whatever it is, know that you can find him. You don't have to be here. You can do it right where you're at. Isn't it great we serve a God that no matter where we are, when we get on our knees and say, Lord, I need you. We can get on our knees, as David said in his scripture reading last week, John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. But through you, Jesus, I am begging and asking admission into your holy service, into your glory, glory. And into your heaven. You see we are all sinners. All of us. But praise God. Those that know him means we've been washed by the blood. And saved by the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ. And that grace and mercy. Is extended to whomsoever. Believes in him. And asks for that grace to move in their life. The question is not how much money have I given the church. The question isn't how much good works 
I have done for the church. The question isn't about how many things I have done ritualistically. It's not about have I lived a good life that that the world would say I'm a good person. None of those questions matter. The question that needs to be asked, do I have a relationship, not with the pastor, not with Brother Ray, but do I have a relationship with Jesus Christ? And when we can answer that affirmatively, praise God. That's when we can stand in his presence. And then if we do have that relationship with Christ, the next question is, do I have a right relationship with him? Am I straddling that fence, acting one way on Sunday and another way on Monday? Am I straddling that fence and act all holier than thou, but when the rubber hits the road, I run the opposite direction? Do I talk all kinds of good, holy stuff, but then when it comes time to have to put up or shut up, I shut up or do I put up? When God says it's time to speak, do you speak or do you go and you hide? Because you're still on that fence. Folks, here's the thing. God said you're either for me or against me, but choose your side. Because that fence sitting makes me ill. Folks, the question we have to ask, do we know Jesus? And the next one is, do I straddle the fence? Am I what God has called me to be? Praise God, if you know him, and, and you're right, that, that, that being washed of the blood, that, that salvation is awesome. But he gave his all for us, and if we've already observed everything he's done for us, then understand, now he's observing what you're going to do for him. If we're going to observe that he gave his all, but we're only going to give you, you know, my toes in the water a little bit, Lord. Is that what he really desires? No. As Daryl shared a while ago, I am to die to self every day. Have I confessed my sins unto the Lord or did I just kind of like pick the carpet up? You know, I, the grandbabies were over yesterday, and which means I have to watch an endless array of Tom and Jerry cartoons. I've got them all. Actually, we did come up with one yesterday I'd never seen before. But they're always sweeping stuff under the carpet. Now I know why I did that when I got older, because I saw it growing up forever. Is that what we do with our sins? Or are we taking them before the Lord, into his presence, and doing so with a pure heart and mind? Guys, here's the thing. When we partake of the Lord's Supper... And we're here on Easter and we're celebrating the day of resurrection and we're just praising his name. Am I truly surrendering my heart to him? Have I truly given my everything to him? Because he's not, we didn't put us here for our good looks, I promise you. <laughs> yeah, some of y'all, y'all got it going on, but I don't. When we partake of the Lord's Supper this morning, we're remembering that he is the great physician and he gave us a life to live on this side of glory. And with that life, he said, go ye therefore into the highways and the byways. Shake the bushes. Invite people to the wedding supper. Get out there and let others know who I am. Get out there and let them know that what you are remembering and what you are a part of, they can have as well. Even though we live in a scary place, I have conquered the world. I am telling you to get up and come out and go forth. Folks, God has not told us God has not told us to hide our head in the sand. He says, stand up and proclaim my name. He who professes me before men, so shall I profess before the Father. But he who is embarrassed of me before men, so shall I be embarrassed before the Father. That may sound harsh, but he means what he says and he says what he means. Folks, as we are about to partake of the Lord's Supper. Before we do so, I want us to observe his death, his resurrection, and his return. But to do that, I want to make sure we have an opportunity to make sure our heart is right. Before we partake of the Lord's Supper this morning, this evening, this morning, oh gosh, I'm getting all, I've been up since 4 a.m. It's kind of, my mind's getting all over the place here. I want to give you that opportunity. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you may say, well, I can't accept him on Easter. That would ruin somebody else's Easter. The angels in glory. Heaven rejoices 
when one comes to know the Lord. If somebody wants to get upset about you accepting Christ today, know the, the, the heavens rejoice and God will deal with them later. If you're here this morning, or maybe you're watching by live, Facebook Live, or listening by radio, whatever it may be, know that you know that you know my God sits beside you. Everyone in this room right now, if you could just grab a virtual hand, he's right there. And if you would just say, Lord, I want to confess my sins unto you. Now, I'll pray with you, but you don't have to confess them unto me. That's between you and the Lord. But he will listen. He will listen. So I'm going to ask us all to stand. I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer. I think Chris is going to come out and and the guys will lead us in a song. But I want to have an opportunity for you to get your heart right with the Lord. Choir, if you're coming up, make sure you bring your little cup thingies with you. Now understand this too. If you're here this morning and you say, you know, Pastor, I don't know if I am in the right position to partake of the Lord's Supper today. That's between you and God. I promise you there's not a human being in this room worthy of judging whether or not you should take or partake or not partake of the Lord's Supper. Don't worry about what somebody else thinks. You pray and do what God lays on your heart to do. And again, let God deal with those that feel as though they need to to police the herd, if you will. It's between you and the Lord this morning. As we pray. Father God, Lord, I come before you and I thank you for this family that I have here today. But even more so, I thank you that you are our Heavenly Father. And that we are all, not just in name brothers and sisters, but we are brothers and sisters in your blood. But if there's someone here today that does not know you, then they are unfortunately hanging out with us, but they won't go to that family reunion one day. If they are here today, if they're in the sound of my voice, I pray that you will make yourself known to them. May they accept you right now before it's too late, Father. May they feel your presence all about them. May they hear your voice. God, sometimes we cry out. As my brother said just this morning, when we're in trouble, we first cry out for our mama, and then we cry out for the Lord. But God, it is so great that sometimes you're still that quiet voice in the background. That once we get through crying and we stop and we breathe, you're right there. Lord, I pray for the hearts of your people here today. If there's someone here this morning that does not know you, may they feel you, talk to you, and may you speak directly to who they are. And if there are those here that know you, And they're struggling right now. Maybe there's some kind of unconfessed sin in their life that they're having to deal with. As they celebrate Easter, as they go to wherever you can go now, may they feel your presence. And if they understand and realize they just need to get with you, may that be where they go. Whether in their porch swing, out by a river, whatever it may be. I pray that you and they, that we will have that personal communication of knowing that you love us as only a father can. And we love you as your child. Lord, again, I pray your anointing to be upon this service in Jesus' name. Amen. As we sing this morning, if God's telling you to come and walk this aisle and pray with you or you want to pray right where you're at whatever it may be but will you do the Lord whatever the Lord's calling you to do today
stay standing this morning we're going to do this differently as normal normally we would have all the elders come down we would have homemade unleavened bread and all that kind of good stuff but this morning so that we can keep everything socially distant friendly or whatever you want to call the the, the wording there we're going to do things just a tad bit differently now as i said hopefully it, does everybody have one of these cups okay I'm going to start out reading to you Matthew 26. In 20 years, I have had an old Bible that was given to me by my mentor. Actually, it's a pastor's journal that has things like Lord's Supper verses, things of that nature. It was actually published in 1918. That's why it's so ate up and and everything. But because I guess God wanted everything to be different today, I couldn't find it. As special as it is to me, I I think I might know where it is, but I'm just sharing that this is the first time since being a pastor that I'm uh, not doing the Lord's Supper out of that that Bible that my mentor gave me. Wow, I feel like David. (laughs) Okay, in Matthew 26, amen, he is. Now I can't see. Oh, too many. Verse 17. On the first day of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, where, where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? Go into the city to a certain man, he said, and tell him the teacher says the time is near. I am celebrating the Passover at your place with my disciples. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. When evening came, he was reclining at the table with the twelve. While they were eating, he said, truly, I tell you, one of you will betray me. Deeply distressed, each one began to say to him, Surely not I, Lord. And he replied, The one who dipped his hand with me in the bowl, he will betray me. And the Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for him to be not ever born. As they were eating, Jesus took the bread, blessed, and broke it, gave it to the disciples, and said, Take and eat this is my body. Take and eat. This is my body. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. But I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. So this morning, if you open up the top part of your little cup thing here, there is a piece of bread there. I'd like you to take that bread out. Mm-hmm. I'll get it. It's a matter of principle now. Got it. Don't eat it yet. We're going to do this in one accord. His body was broken for you. Amen. Luke chapter 22, verse 19 says this. Actually, you know, I think just as we do every other time, with the Lord's Supper, let's, let's have prayer over this before I read this. Well, let me read the passage of Scripture. And he took the bread, gave thanks, broke it, gave it to them, and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in one accord, Father God, I come before you and ask you to bless this bread. And may thy will be done as we partake and remember 
that we observe, that we inspect, and we question ourselves so that we know that we know your body was broken for us. In Jesus' name. It's the Definitely not Chris's homemade bread. <laughs> now go ahead and open your juice. But again, don't drink it as of yet. Everybody ready? In verse 17, then he took a cup and after giving thanks, he said, take this and share it amongst yourselves. For I tell you from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. This represents the blood of Jesus Christ. Let's pray before we do. Father God, I just come before you again and just ask you to to bless this juice. And as we drink of this juice, may we acknowledge and remember the blood that was shared and the blood that was spilled on that cross of Calvary, on that hill of Golgotha, 2,000 plus years ago, so that we can be free and have eternal glory. In Jesus' name, amen. In one accord. Well, that wasn't bad. Amen. One more passage of scripture. And to keep from the cleanliness part of it, people handling them, if you could just carry it out with you and put in a trash can in the back as you're on your way out. But verse 20 says, In the same way, he also took the cup after supper and said, This is the cup, the new covenant in my blood, which was poured out for you. This represents what was poured out for us. And now we have victory through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Guys, I pray that as you leave here this morning, that you will go to wherever it is that, that God is leading you to go, whether it be a family event or you're going home, whatever it may be. Let's, well, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but you might want to just leave, let's not turn on this, the, the news stuff. Let, let's just rejoice. Look at the sunshine outside. Let's rejoice in the blood and victory of Jesus Christ this day. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Brother Ian, will you close us in prayer this morning, brother?
Every day. 